Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I'm Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? Well, I'm um, cautiously optimistic about the future of movies. Oh. All I think. Right. Uh, well, we know, you know, this, this, the, the, the WGA and SAG strike yeah. have, uh, continue to, to drag on. Um, but, you know, I was, you know, I have a, a friend of mine just made a short film. He got waivers to make a short film. Yeah. I was recently at, um, an event for an independent movie called Fremont, where two of the actors got waivers from SAG to oh, cool. do a Q and A afterwards um and then uh adam driver is at the venice film festival promoting michael mann's ferrari which again he is allowed to do because not just ferrari or whatever but neon the distributor of ferrari um has is exempt from sag because they've met the, the demands as have a24 as have stx entertainment uh, and so it feels like increasingly these big studios are shooting themselves in the foot and just leaving the door wide open for smaller and mid-budget uh, movies and movie makers and movie distributors uh, to, to, to fill a vacuum. Um, and so it weirdly, uh, I mean... They, in my personal life, this is very bad. This could be the end of my job. Uh-huh. But um, it does feel like movies are finding a way, if you will. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I remember years ago, you and I did an episode where we talked about, like, the personalities of studios or whatever we called it. Yeah, yeah, um, I remember that. And when I think of something like this, I think of like, oh, well, why would these smaller studios, why would they uh, be so quick to uh, accommodate SAG? And I thought of two things. Number one, you know, from a publicity standpoint, they need the the actors out there, you know, to promote it. Um, You know, bigger studios don't necessarily need that. Like, you know, if it's a Marvel movie, it promotes itself. But... um, so there was that, and then I thought, oh, right, because, you know, I don't mean to, I mean, there's still studios, but I think it just indicates such a difference in philosophy between the big studios and these little guys. Like, I'll say this, you know, I've learned a lot about, like, what the average person thinks about movies uh, in the last year, because I'll talk about it with, like, nurses and cnas and stuff Mm -hmm. and a24 is like maybe the only studio that they're consistently aware of Mm. um which is interesting like yeah i've had people like they know the studio more than they know any individual director so like like that that movie um talk to me came out and a lot of people said like oh man i'm excited to see that new uh a24 horror movie talked to me and i was like oh that's very interesting and so like so a24 and i think for people like you and i uh neon like these are studios that that are becoming a little bit better known and they're better known for like like quality movies and so i think 
I think their attitude towards like, well, we got to accommodate the artists, right? You know, um, I think that's indicative of just a, a, a different philosophy uh, towards movies between them and, and the bigger studios. There's, there's also just the fact that so much of the points of contention have to do with streaming and writers right. room for series. Right. Two things that these yeah. indie movie uh, producers and distributors don't really have to be worried about. Yeah, that's they don't true. have, you know, there isn't an A24 uh, uh, app or, or over the top uh, service. Um, uh, and they, I guess A24 does do some series, but uh, not nearly as. Uh, yeah, they, they did, did Rami. They did uh, Beef. uh, Oh, Beef was that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but even then, they're not the ones. It's not their service, you know. Right. Rami's on Hulu and Beef is on Netflix. Uh, But this is all comes back to what I'm saying is that, like, um, if the big studios are insisting that movies and TV need to be made their way, maybe it's time for that way to die out. Maybe it's time to let the old ways die, as Jackson Maine saying in A Star Is Born. Yeah, it's, uh, I do think, like, obviously, like, big studios are never going to fully die, but I do think that something like this is an opportunity for the smaller studios to really, like, put out products that, that people like, um, and that are, like, genuinely good, because I, I don't know, maybe I'm, uh, sort of a Pollyanna about this, but I do believe that, like, the movies that people tend to remember through the years are genuinely good movies. Like, it's rare, I think, for, like, a, a, a really, like, just a, a shitty, like, studio yeah. calculation. I feel like it's rare for that to, like, really stick with people. And so I feel like we we could be entering an era where there's a lot more of those, like, you know, mid-budget to low-budget movies that are none that nonetheless really click with people, um, and I think that is one of the you know one of the good things that could come out of of, of this situation. Uh, I saw someone else speculating on I can't remember if it was Blue Sky or Twitter, one of those places. Uh, one, you know, as we've seen these smaller uh, uh, distributors cut their own deals. Yeah. At some point, will the studios that are still more traditional, like Sony, who doesn't really have like streaming, or Paramount, who has Paramount Plus, but is still like, it's not really like owned and operated by tech bros like the other ones are. Like, will there come a point where major studios will peel off with their own own deals, or or will there be solidarity? Because is is Sony looking at this and being like? the things that David Zasloff and Ted Sarandos and stuff right. are fighting for aren't really, like, that beneficial to yeah. us. Well, it, or, 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 or at least not as beneficial as getting back into production. Uh, you know, will, will a Sony break at some point, or, or will they stick together? Well, increasingly, I do think that, you know, this is a conversation people have been having about streaming services that there's just so many of them that, like, every studio... Every network eventually has their own uh, streaming service at night. So I do think that whether it be the studios themselves, you know, like you say solidarity, I say monolithic, um, <laughs> you know, whether it be the studios themselves or streaming services, like it's very quickly turning into a, a situation where like it's kind of like 
every man for himself. Like every studio is going to have to just kind of look after themselves. Um, and, and I do think that could absolutely happen, mm. which is like, it's like, well, if we're, it's like we're shooting ourselves in the foot out of solidarity with these other studios that are our competition, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. Let's just do what's right for us. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get let's get Venom three into production. No, no. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, no, um, never mind. Everything I said, never mind. Um, I want to real quick tell you about TweakedAudio.com if I can. TweakedAudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. I still use them each and every day of my life. Tyler doesn't have cause to right now, but uh, he'll, he'll get back to it. Uh, today I was listening. I know I've called these out before that. Um, uh, Stereo Gum often does these write, write-ups of, mo- of movies, sorry, albums on either their 10th or 20th anniversary. And sometimes it's like, oh, wow, I can't believe it's been 20 years since Lifted by Bright Eyes came out or whatever, and I revisit oh, wow. a, a classic. Um, but uh, sometimes it's like, it's been 10 years since this album that I ignored the first time yeah. came out. Uh, and so they highlighted Ariana Grande's album, Yours Truly, which is okay. 10 years old now. Um, and so I've been listening to that. And uh, I, I know I sound like an old idiot, but like, what a talent, Ariana Grande. <laughs> I, mean, she, I think she's going places. <laughs> yeah. It's not just that she has a great voice, but, you know, there's something to be said when it comes to pop stars. Um, I don't know to what extent Ariana Grande writes her own songs. I don't want to get into to, to that, but to some extent, a pop star is like an interpreter of songs, yeah. and um, it takes not just a great voice, but great like musical know-how to know how yeah. to sing a song the best possible way. Yeah. And so I've been listening to this album a couple times now. Uh, I really like it. There's a song on it called "Tattooed Heart" that is probably my new favorite Ariana Grande song. It's okay. it's so great. Uh, and it sounded great on my tweakedaudio.com earbuds. They're available at a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Tyler, we're back. Yeah. Let's get into it, shall we? Let's do it. It is, I am about to ship all, to, to ship up to Toronto. Yeah. Um, for I, I didn't know they were... Uh drafting critics these days yeah. Yeah. it's also not a port city uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah i'm about to go to 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 toronto um for the 2023 toronto international film festival i have yet to select my ticket the ticket selection for uh press for toronto is usually it's like just a few days before oh my um I think uh, our friend Mariah said one year she was literally like at the airport waiting to fly to Toronto when the ticketing went into like oh doing it at gosh. the airport. Uh, so yeah, I'm. Uh, I'll be selecting my tickets in a few days. I hope there's. I hope it's not a complete 
clusterfuck like it was last year and I actually yeah. get the tickets that I want. But you're going to help me decide what those movies m- m- might be. So this is... Uh, I can't remember if you came up with this or if Scott did. I think I did. Okay, you came up with this. Because I was tired of uh, just <laughs> sitting back and listening. Scott and I previewing f- festivals you weren't going to. So yeah. now you get to help me pick. So I, sure. have, I mean, I, I'm picking a bunch of movies that are actually like playing at the same time. And yeah. you are going to help me uh, decide. So my okay. first conundrum. The first, uh, what do you call it? The first uh, matchup. Yeah, the first matchup. Yeah. Yes. Um, a movie called... I almost said a new movie. These are all new movies. Yeah. A new movie called The Convert, directed by Lee Tamahori, who made The Edge. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So, uh, uh, I can't read the whole description, but Lee Tamahori's action-filled historical epic stars Guy Pierce as Thomas Monroe, a newly arrived preacher in a colonial town in early 19th century New Zealand who finds himself at the center of a long-standing battle between two Maori tribes. Okay. I like Lee Tamahori. I like Guy Pierce. It does smack of potential, like, white savior yeah. stuff. But there's also... Uh... There's also a uh, Red Harvest uh, your Jimbo right. quality yeah. to it as yes, well. Yes, definitely, definitely. Uh, so that is up against a movie called North Star that is the directorial debut of the great actor Kristen Scott Thomas. Oh, for okay. her feature directorial debut, Kristen Scott Thomas leads Scarlett Johansson and Sienna Miller, um, the uh, 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 American sniper's wife. Right. Um, in a charming family drama about three sisters who are hung up on the men in their lives as their mother prepares for her third wedding. So, The Convert or North Star? Well, the concept of The Convert is more intriguing to me. And as you know, I tend to be very suspicious of actors' directorial debuts. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, this material is you know, character-focused enough and relationship-focused enough that I feel like an actor really could bring something to it, especially one as talented as Chris and Scott Thomas. So, I'm intrigued, certainly, by the convert, but I would say North Star. Okay. So far, you and I are in agreement. That is the one that I put in bold on my little list here as... as, uh hoping to get the ticket for it. So we're on the same page. We should do an episode someday. Okay. When we do this, I, sometimes I always say we should do an episode. We really should do an episode about uh, directorial debuts by actors that are good. Oh, because sure. there are, you know, I oh, just yeah. mentioned A Star is Born, great yeah. movie. Uh, just recently, earlier this year, uh, Shortcomings, directed by Randall Park. Oh, yes, uh, came yes. out a really good movie. So I mean, I'm, there are know, definitely good ones. I'm a fan of ordinary people. I know that a lot of people are upset about it because it beat Raging Bull but uh, for Best Picture, but Ordinary People is still a pretty damn good movie. Uh, All right, you want the next matchup? Yeah. Okay, we have um, an Argentinian film, Argentine film? I never know how to say that. Hmm. Uh, Directed by Rodrigo Moreno. It's called The Delinquents. Okay. Um, Argentinian writer-director Rodrigo Moreno reinvents the heist movie from the inside out with this playful, inventive story about work-life balance. Uh, okay. That's not, there's not very much to that. But, yeah. um, uh, uh, here's the first of the 
full synopsis. Imagine this. You work at a bank in Cordoba, Argentina. It's a steady, undemanding job, maybe a little dull, but you do it well. Then one day, a coworker tells you he's stolen $650,000 and wants you to stash it for him for a while. You'll get half. That's all there is to it. Just keep quiet. That's obviously not all there is to it because right, this movie's three yeah. hours long. <laughs> but, oh, um, my gosh. Uh, uh, so that is up against Kidnapped, an Italian film directed by Marco Bellocchio, who must be 100 years old because his first film was Fists in the Pocket, which came out in the 60s. Oh, my. Um, oh, my. Yeah, the latest. Maybe, maybe he directed that when he was ten or something. Yeah. <laughs> the latest by legendary Italian director Marco Bellocchio is a grand historical fresco depicting the scandalous true story of a young Jewish child who, in mid nineteenth century Bologna, was abducted from his family by the church under the Pope's orders. Okay, so you've got the delinquents or kidnapped. Um, I think I'm inclined to say kidnapped okay um if for no other reason then it's always interesting like when an old school director is like still making stuff mm -hmm. because you know uh sometimes they're able to adapt to like new styles of filmmaking other times they don't and they just still stuff still make stuff their own way and i always find that interesting and the story sounds um just fascinating like having recently uh watched Philomena um, right. I'm fascinated by stories of like the church, uh, the Catholic church in particular and like their relationship to like families and that sort of thing and so um, delinquents does sound interesting but I, I would say uh, yeah I would say um, and I've already forgotten the kidnapped. title kidnapped um, okay. I'd say that one okay um, Which so you, one are you more? I was leaning towards the delinquents. Oh, okay. Because uh, it sounds funny. Um, sure. Uh, I mean, it does sound like sort of a heist version of a like office space or something. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Next up, uh, an American film directed by Brian Helgeland. Oh, okay. Stall, star called sorry, finest kind, but all one word, finest kind, finest, finest kind. kind, finest kind. Um, I think that's a German word. <laughs> Finest kind. Finest kind. Yes. Um, ben Foster, Toby Wallace, Tommy Lee Jones, and Jenna Ortega star in this new crime drama from Brian Helgelin about a crew of fishermen who tread dangerous waters after their debts start piling up. Okay. Okay. Who's the cast again? Um, ben Foster, Tommy Lee Jones, and Jenna Ortega. And then also Toby Wallace, but I don't know who that okay. is. Um... That name sounds familiar. Uh, and that is up against Radu Jude's new movie, Do Not Expect Too Much from the End of the World. Um, Radu Jude, whose previous film Bad Luck Banging or Looney Porn will, won the Golden Bear at the 2021 Berlin Film Festival, is back with a cutting satire full of twists, turns, and speed bumps. Uh, let's see. His latest touches on labor, exploitation, death, and the new gig economy, part comedy, part road movie, part montage. It centers around Angela, a bombastic production assistant working 16-hour days while in, her, while in her own time honing a quippy online brand featuring her alter ego, a self-pronounced friend of misogynic, misogynistic media personality, Andrew Tate. So definitely touching on... Yeah. As... Right, Judy, I mean, Bad Luck Banging was very much a COVID movie that uh, yeah. not just... It was very much about the response to COVID. So he's clearly a guy who makes, like, cutting movies. 
but really cutting, goofy satires okay. about current events. And that's up against Brian Helgeland's uh, new crime movie, Finest well, Kind. That's tough because, on one hand, I think. Um, no, I, I, I keep forgetting the names. What's the name of the second one? Do not expect too much from the end of right. the world. That sounds more delightful and more risky. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, there are certain actors that I always find interesting, and Ben Foster's one of them. Um, I just feel like he makes really interesting choices as an actor, both in yeah. the parts that he plays and how he plays them. And the idea of him being possibly uh, the lead of this movie, especially, and, you know, paired with Tommy Lee Jones. And Jenna and, Ortega. And she's, Jenna Ortega. She's so hot right now. Yeah. Um, and so, and I've liked Brian Helgeland uh, for the most part. I assume that he also wrote the script because um, he started as a writer. So I feel like, you know, it's the safer option. But I would say probably Finest Kind. Okay. Yeah, you might be right. Um, I'm sure the other one will be a lot of fun, though. Yeah. No, I think I'm going to go with the other one, but I'm going to try. I might try and find a way to see to see Finest Kind. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm so, I'm so glad we're doing this. Okay. Because look, Brian Helgeland, he wrote and directed Payback, right? Right, yeah. Okay, and, I do um, like that a lot. A Knight's Tale. Oh, that's right, yes. Yeah, and Legend. Not the right. Tom Cruise Legend, yeah. the Tom Hardy and Tom Hardy yeah. Legend. Yeah, and he, uh, well, he's co-written a lot of movies. He, yeah. he co-wrote L.A. Confidential, yeah. and yeah. So he's he's reliable, yeah. I think, as a filmmaker. Um, okay, I'm so glad we're doing that, because this is so frustrating. Oh, okay. This is a film festival. It's All for right. films. It's not for television, oh, but increasingly there is television. So I had, as a possibility, what I thought was the new Lulu Wang, the director of The Farewell, new Lulu okay. Wang feature. Turns out they're just showing one episode of her upcoming six-part limited series. Boo. I don't like that. So that's out. Oh, and by the way, I feel like this is, uh, this is partially our fault. And by our, I mean like the world of online film critics because when you have people saying like, oh, one of the best movies of the year is uh, Twin Peaks, The Return. Yeah. And it's like, that is not a movie. I don't care. Like, you're just looking for an excuse to talk about it as much as you can. Yeah. But it's not a movie and there's nothing wrong with it being a TV show. TV is an amazing medium and just let it be what it is. Yeah. But yeah, like, I feel like... um, the lines have been blurred so much as far as like the quality and the budget that I think a lot of people are like, well, it's just, it's it's the same. It's like, no, it really isn't. And yeah, I know there aren't a lot of TV festivals out there, but whatever, like you said, this is a film festival, just let it be that. Yeah. Okay. Um, or I guess if you are gonna show TV like uh, if you could, like show all six episodes, yeah. do that. That's like yeah. top of the lake, like all five episodes sure. screened at Sundance. Oh, that's cool. Um, what was the, uh, oh my God. 
uh, OJ Made in America is like six oh, hours. Yeah. That played is like one yeah. one thing with a intermission. Do the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the next actual competition, and I haven't don't have either of these highlighted because okay. I had planned on the Lulu Wing one. Uh, it's called We Grown Now. Uh, G-R-O-W-N. Okay. We, we grown now. Two young boys, best friends Malik and Eric, discover the joys and hardships of growing up in the sprawling Cabrini Green public housing complex oh in 1992 Chicago in the latest film from director Minhal Baik, who made a movie called Hala, uh, okay. H-A-L-A, which I saw at AFI Fest 2019. Okay. How, that, was, how was that? Uh, Hala was fine, yeah. Well-made coming-of-age story. Okay. This is another coming-of-age story. Yeah. But it's got the Chicago period piece thing right. that, that intrigues me. Right. Um, uh, next up, directed by Michael Winterbottom. Oh, okay. A movie called Shoshana. Set in British mandatory Palestine, this tense historical thriller from Michael Winterbottom weaves a story of star-crossed love with one of political radicalization. Um, let's see, blah, blah, blah. Here's the origins. One, da, da, da. 1938, tensions run high in Tel Aviv with the British struggle to maintain order among a mixed Palestinian Jewish population. Uh, English police officer lives there. He's in love with uh, uh, an Israeli woman. Uh, his superior officer is played by Harry Melling. That seems to be the only like no. name here that I really know. The main character is a Douglas Booth is the actor. I don't know who that is. Uh, yeah, I think I know who that is. Okay. I think he was in... Um, there, was a, there was a Romeo and Juliet a few years ago. Oh, and okay. I think he might have played Romeo. Okay. I might be thinking of someone else, though. Yeah, um, works out. Uh, and then the Shoshana is played by Irina Starshenbaum. Okay. So we grown now or Shoshana? I think Shoshana, honestly. Um, yeah. I, I like it like yourself. I'm intrigued by the the period piece element and the Chicago element of uh, we grown now. But I do like, you know, when people talk about like the Israel Palestine uh, uh, situation, um, you know, it'd be interesting to see like how things work when you have a third element thrown in, which is the British, you know, and before mm -hmm. the state of Israel was established. So I feel like that's interesting. And then in the midst of that, having some kind of romance. Uh, yeah, I, I like that sort of thing a lot. And, uh, and I like my, Michael Winterbottom. I think he's, yeah, he's always an interesting director to me. Yeah, he's definitely interesting. He, he can be hit or miss, because I haven't, the last couple of his I saw, uh, The Wedding Guest, and Greed. Um, oh, yeah. I didn't really like it. Greed was one of the last press screenings I went to uh, before the COVID shutdown. Okay. Um, I didn't really like either of those, so... Mm. Uh, but obviously, he's made some great movies in the past. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so... Next up. Uh, a French film called... Mm, Les Indésirables. Or the indi the indesirables. Okay. Like Le it's like Les Miserables, but it's Les Indesirables. Got it. The indesirables. Uh, and so this is directed by Lodge Lee. I don't, I don't know if you're saying that. He made a movie a few years ago called Les Miserables that was not an adaptation of Les Miserables. It was okay. a modern day uh, police and oh, okay. uh, 
like police and minority underprivileged minority youth story that was set in the like I said modern day yeah. neighborhood where Victor Hugo Victor Hugo lived when he wrote Les Misérables. Oh, That's why. He, so this is. Uh, so set largely in an underprivileged Parisian suburb, seems like he's sticking with the same thing. Lodgely's follow-up to, to Les Miserables 2019 is an incendiary indictment of racist policies that force the poor into unsafe and in- inadequate living conditions. Okay. So he's definitely, yeah, working along the same. Uh, when the existing mayor suddenly dies, a family doctor finds himself chosen as interim, interim mayor, Pierre, but he's woefully unfamiliar with the less affluent members of his constituency and soon realizes he's in over his head. Okay. So that's up against a new documentary called Silver Dollar Road. Okay. Uh, called So it's uh, a black family in North Carolina battles decades of harassment by land developers trying to seize their waterfront property in this searing documentary by Oscar-nominated director Raul Peck, who made I Am Not Your Negro, oh, which okay. is an amazing movie. Yeah. But then he also made that biopic, The Young Karl Marx, which was a snooze. So, okay. But this is him back in documentary mode. Yeah. So maybe that's where he's... Uh, most comfortable. So lay in Dizirab, which we're definitely working on like poor, yeah. like minorities yeah. being like, you know, buffeted by the winds of privilege and, or, or, yeah. or power and, and bureaucracy. So lay in Dizirab or Silver Dollar Road. Well, they both sound pretty good. I think probably lay in Dizirab. Okay. Um, just because it's always interesting to me uh, where someone like realizes that they are that there are certain elements of humanity that they're just not connected with and then what they do about that like uh, what happens like internally and then what they do in their actions um, I'm all, I always like those kind of stories uh, there is the potential for it to be like Kind of self-righteous, I suppose, but uh, but I feel like there's enough potential there that uh, that it's worth seeing. Okay, uh, so I'm still thrown off because of the expats thing. I hadn't actually highlighted either of those, but oh, okay. now now they're both very much in play because of the expats okay. thing. Uh, all right, next up, um, the peasants. This is okay. a Polish film. Um, from the directors of Loving Vincent, The Peasants is a cinematic pageant about a 19th century Polish village where a beautiful maiden marries a widowed landowner while nursing a burning love for his son. Okay, not to give it away, but fuck yeah, that sounds awesome. That's pretty hot. <laughs> um, and that is up against a documentary called Mountain Queen, The Summits of Lak Pasherpa. The first Nepali woman to summon and descend Mount Everest, now a single mom working at a Connecticut Whole Foods, heads back to Everest to make a better life for her two, her two daughters. That actually sounds really good, yeah. too. So um, I didn't see Loving Vincent. Um, Lucy Walker, director of Mountain Queen, her last film was a documentary called Bring Your Own Brigade, Bring Your Own Brigade, which was about wildfires, focusing specifically on the both Southern and Northern California yeah. wildfires of 2017, I think. Was um, it that long ago? Well, I mean, we have them every year. I can't remember when, what yeah. year was Paradise, uh, uh, Paradise California? Because that's- Right. That's part I of I guess that. that was a while ago. Yeah. I, I could be wrong about the year, but I thought it was 2017. They both anyway. sound really good. Yeah, they do both sound really good. I think maybe the uh, 
What are the names again? The Peasants and Mountain Queen. I think Mountain Queen. Okay. I think that, I mean, they both sound really okay. good. Yeah, they do. Um, I was leaning Peasants, but. And I was too for a moment, but one thing that I'm increasingly interested in is the idea of someone like doing some amazing thing um, and then just living a regular life yeah, uh, yeah. and a very uh, unglamorous one and just seeing like, I did this amazing thing once and now here I am. Um, that dynamic is something I always find interesting. So I would say mountain green. Okay. Um, let's see. Next up, this is a real Sophie's choice for me. Uh, well, I'll tell you why at okay. the end it's actually not. But um, Viggo Mortensen's "The Dead Don't Hurt." Okay. Uh, set in the 1860s, Viggo Mortensen's second outing as writer director after 2020's Falling, uh, which I didn't see, is an elegantly realized feminist western starring Mortensen and Vicky Creeps as immigrants oh. attempting to forge a life in a corrupt Nevada town. Oh, okay. Man. Okay. Oh, man. All that right. sounds great. But hold up. Because it's up against Larry Charles Dick's The Musical. Uh, Larry Charles, director of Borat, conducts an uproarious musical comedy riff on The Parent Trap that follows a pair of identical twins who conspire to reunite their divorced and disturbingly deranged parents, played by Nathan Lane and Megan Mullally. <laughs> oh, man. Man, oh, man. That is tough. I think it's got to be dicks. Okay. If nothing, if for no other reason than, you know, so far the festival sounds uh, pretty dour. Right. And so uh, <laughs> you might need uh, a nice uh, yeah. ridiculous thing. And yeah. Larry Charles is hit or miss with me. He directed Religious, which I thought was a deeply flawed documentary. Sure. And no, not just because I'm a Christian. Um, but uh, he also did Borat, which I love. And so, yeah, I think that one. And it's, yeah, and it's like, you know, a deranged riff on the parent trap, which I'm all, for, I'm all in favor of. So probably that one, but it's close. Okay. Vicky, Vicky Creeps, I, I don't think I've seen her since Phantom Thread. Oh, yeah, you didn't, well, yeah, you were uh, not able to see Corsage last year, uh, which yeah. is amazing. Um, okay. Are you, you're telling me you didn't see The Girl Who Kicked the Hornet's Nest? No, I did not. <laughs> uh, I, I still remember. Do you remember after um, Jean Dujardin won Best Actor and there was a, uh, gosh, I think it might have been like College Humor or Cracked. Maybe it was SNL, actually. I don't remember. But basically, it's like, hey, you're a foreign guy who won an Oscar, so here's all the villain roles <laughs> yeah. that you're going to be reading for. And um, and so, like, the stuff that they uh, give him to say is hilarious. It's like, and so he's like, nice try, Elizabeth Salander, but <laughs> your dragon tattoo cannot save you now. Um, yeah. Girl Who Kicked the Hornet's Nest, completely forgotten movie. Because yeah. so, David Fincher made The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yeah. With the intention of 
completing the trilogy. Yeah. That's why um, Joel Kinnaman is in the first movie, but it has like one line. Because oh. I guess that character is supposed to be a big deal. Um, but I guess the movie wasn't big enough. They didn't, they didn't make either of the sequels. Yeah. Instead, they jumped to the posthumous sequel not written by Steve right. Larson right. and adapted that with... Uh, who was it? Alicia Vikander? No, who was the girl who kicked the hornet's nest? I don't even remember. I just remember Vicky Creeps was was in it. Uh, it's someone notable. I think. I mean, I didn't see it. It wasn't even really on my radar. Oh, wait, no, it's not... Yeah, wait, is it the girl who kicked the hornet's nest? Do I even have the right... Movie? Well, the, I've, what are the other ones called? There's the girl who played with fire. Right. The girl in the spider web. Okay. And then, and I know that they... <laughs> that I they, can't even find this movie. Oh, okay. Well, look at Vicky Creeps. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm doing. Go, go backwards with it. Yeah. And then I know that they did... I think they did the whole trilogy, like... In the country of origin, right? That was all done before. That was before, before the uh, okay. Uh, the David Fincher one. That was yeah. Numero Pass played. Yeah, that's right. Yes, those. yes. Um, oh, it was the girl in the spider's web? Not oh, the girl okay. with the horse. Okay. The girl in the spider's web, and it was Claire Foy. Oh. My like. I do too. That's. Uh, but it wasn't a very good movie. Oh, that's too bad. It. Um, it's directed by Fede Alvarez, who did Don't, who did Don't Breathe. Yeah, I like him. Um, I, mean, I like Don't Breathe. I didn't see his Evil Dead. A lot like. of horror people really love it. They think it's solid. Okay, but back anyway, to, back back to, to this defense. bullshit. Yeah. Um, the new... Uh, Vin Vendors actually has two new movies coming out oh, this wow. fall. One, this one, a fictional narrative, and then he also has a documentary yeah. uh, called Anselm coming out. Uh, but this is called Perfect Days. Uh, Mim Vendors returns with a poignant character study and a deeply moving poetic reflection on finding beauty in the everyday world around us. Uh, let's see. Uh, Koji Yakusho plays Hirayama, a cleaner of toilets. Um, he lives alone in a small house full of plants. His days go according to quiet rhythms and never seem to change. Uh, his da 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 he tries to work in his minivan, fully clear. So this sounds like Patterson, <laughs> but oh, like yeah. in Japan. Okay. Uh, directed by Vim Vendors. Uh, and not to put my thumb on the scale, this has already uh, played at Telluride and is getting rave reviews. Okay. So. What's that one called again? Uh, Perfect Days. Perfect Days. And then next up, a Chinese film. So you got J- Japan against China. Uh, Chinese film called Snow Leopard. Um, the late Pima, so the director's already passed away. The late Pima Seddon directed this beautiful tale of a majestic but deadly snow leopard and its complicated rela- complicated relationship with the communities of the Tibetan Plateau. That sounds fucking cool too. Damn. Yeah. Well, when's the last time Vim Vendors made a narrative? I feel like it's been a while, right? It has been a while, and I think his more recent narrative films have not been as well received. Okay. So this, I think, maybe that's part of why this is getting such rave reviews. Is it's like he's back. Well, like you know, quiet and meditative. It's like, all right, well, yeah. you know, he does that pretty well. Yeah. Damn, that's it's close, but 
I would say uh, I would say perfect days. Okay, that's where I'm leaning. Uh, but I don't think I'd read the full description of Snow Leopard. Yeah, that sounds great. The, that's that's tempting. But yeah, I'm we're, we're on the same page. All right, next up, Craig Gillespie's Dumb Money. Paul oh, Dan- I saw a trailer for this. Okay, Paul Dano and Seth Rogen find themselves on opposite ends during a tug of war in Craig Gillespie's outrageous. Oh, sorry, take on the outrageous battle of wits between amateur investors and hedge fund billionaires that became the infamous GameStop Wall Street scandal. So this yeah. is a movie about the GameStop. Yeah. The Which thing. I know very little about. There's, yeah, I, I don't there's understand a, There stocks. was a documentary okay. about it, so okay. I feel like I'd like to watch that. Um, it's got a good cast in general, not just those two guys. There's a lot of people in it, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, I hadn't scrolled down uh pete davidson shailene woodley and america ferrara yeah yeah that's pretty good that's pretty good um and against that a new alex gibney musical biodoc uh, in restless dreams the music of paul simon this definitive portrait of paul simon follows him inside the studio making his new album seven psalms while looking back on his six decade career with countless musical peaks from sounds of silence to graceland well I mean, I'm intrigued to see uh, Alex Gibney not do an expose. Um, right. But he's done the musical thing before because he did the uh, James Brown one. Right. It's called, I can't remember what that was called. Did uh, you see it? Uh, yeah, I saw the James Brown one How when it aired on HBO. I mean, it was very Alex Gibney. Just, yeah. You know, I learned a lot. But I don't remember what it was called. Are you a Craig Gillespie fan? Well, he did I, Tanya. He did I, Tanya. He did Hustle and Flow. I didn't see... Um, I Wait. know he did. Did he do Hustle and Flow? I think he did. I feel I like just, that's right. Scott and Julie and I just had this same conversation on the fall movie preview. Whether he did Hustle and Flow? Because he didn't... Didn't the dude who did Hustle and Flow also do Black Snake Moan? I think so. And I think that's Craig Gillespie. That's what I was about to say. No, that's Craig Brewer. Craig Brewer. Okay. Different Craig. Yep. This also happens with me with uh, Gareth Edwards and Gareth Evans. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, come on, guys. Yeah, very understandable. Yeah. Um, Craig Gillespie did Lars and the Real Girl, The Finest Hours, Million Dollar Arm. (laughs) Mm. I mean, I didn't see any of those. Okay. It's just... Okay, yeah. So Craig Brewer, I think I'm a fan of him. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Lars and the Real Girl, and I don't think I saw any of the other ones. I saw I Tanya. Oh okay. no, no, I saw I Tanya, and I didn't necessarily love that one either. Um, but we loved our friend. Uh, oh yeah, Paul, Paul. Walter Hauser. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a lot of performances I like in it. Um, okay, so it was Dumb Money. What was the other one? Alex, give me about Paul Simon. Uh, it's called In Restless Dreams. I'd say that one. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Um. Because one of my problems with I, Tanya is I feel like uh, the movie is like openly uh, making fun of some of its characters. Okay. And so I feel like Dumb Money would not be able to resist that. And that's something I tend not to like. Right, right. Yeah. Um, okay. 
All right, we're going to take a pause after this one because I don't have another one. I've been trying to stay on top of getting stuff sure. pulled up. But uh, okay, so the next matchup: uh, His Three Daughters, the new movie from Az- Azazel Jacobs. Azazel Jacobs. Um, he did uh, what was the one with um, uh, Deborah Winger and um, oh. uh, the guy we love. Um, Ugh. Paul Walter Hauser? <laughs> no. <laughs> the actor playwright is married to Carrie Coon. What is his name? Oh my god. No, I don't recall. He's in that one episode of Seinfeld. Oh, Tracy Letts. <laughs> Tracy Letts. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I love that that's where what got you there. Yeah, uh, that's well that's who I thought at first, but uh I thought like, oh, he's kinda old for Carrie Coon. Well, it's never stopped anyone before. Yeah, and I guess he is very talented, so he, he can do what he wants. That's how we operate, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so that's his... Oh, I didn't read the description. A tense, captivating, and touching portrait of family dynamics starring Carrie Coon, uh, Elizabeth Olsen, and Natasha Lyonne as sisters know. who converge after their father's health declines. Oh, so it's kind of like hanging up. Yeah. Combined with, got a lot sa- in common combined with, with the savages, hanging up the savages. Yeah, savages is a good movie. Industry. Hanging up was I meant to be a laugh reference because oh, it's yeah. not a good movie. Yeah, as I recall, I don't know. I the ver- I saw it on a plane, so it might have been edited for content. Maybe yeah. it's great. Uh, so yeah, his three daughters. Okay, and that's a, a, against another uh, documentary called Stamped from the Beginning, inspired by the book of the same name by Dr. Ibram X. Kendi, Oscar-winning filmmaker Roger Ross Williams, uh, Stamped from the Beginning. Uh, I don't know what he won his Oscar for. Um, Hmm. Explores the history of anti-black ideas in a way that helps us grapple with present-day racism. Uh, Yeah. Let's see. What's the cast of the other one again? It is Carrie Coon, Elizabeth Olsen, and Natasha Lyonne. Damn. I feel like this one's kind of a layup. Yeah, I think that one. Just because <laughs> yeah. all three of those actresses are fascinating. I love the choices they make. Yeah, yeah. And it'd be nice to see Carrie Coon and Elizabeth Olsen again after uh, uh, Infinity War. I... Carrie Coon plays. I, I know, I know that. I just oh, yeah. completely forgot that. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. And I love that. I mean, it's it's because of Poker Face, which is fine. But I love that Natasha Leon. Like I saw her in a commercial recently. Oh, like, she's doing a bunch of uh, Old Navy commercials. Yeah. And I'm just glad that she's seeing like kind of this career renaissance. Because um, I feel like, yeah, she's in this. She's amazing in Poker Face. And just like, she's been around for a while. And she's always been, you know, super interesting as an actress. And so I like that, as we know, like, when actress, when younger actresses start to get older, like, some, a lot of opportunities tend to dry up. But, you know, she's the lead in her, in her own series. Yeah. And so I'm really happy for her right now. Yeah, she's, yeah. Um, she's great. Um, I also like, I normally don't like commercials at all. Right. The, like, message behind those old Navy commercials mm-hmm. is that, like, like, uh, 
it's it's about how it's like di- women have a difficult time like accepting compliments because they yeah. feel like they have to be humble or whatever yeah. or they have to be like demure yeah. and then it's like hey just take the compliment it's like yeah. thanks it's old navy or whatever uh, i really like that yeah uh, yet another thing that i have in common with uh the female population <laughs> someone says hey tyler you're, you know these days a lot of people have been saying like Tyler, your you know your bravery in the middle of this is really inspiring. I'm like, well, what the fuck else am I gonna do? <laughs> you know, I literally can't like give yeah. up. I got this damn ventilator keeping me alive. Um, okay. I don't know this director. This so that that's so wait, which one did you said his three daughters? Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, so the next matchup. This one is called Mother Couch. Okay. It's directed by someone named Nicholas Larson. Uh, so th- this is on here. I don't know the director. Okay. I didn't really look what it was about. Wait till we get to the cast. Okay. Three estranged, three estranged children come together when their mother refuses to move from a couch in a furniture store. In this film, boasting all-star talent, including Battleship Retention favorite Taylor Russell. Okay. Ewan McGregor, Ellen Burstyn, F. Murray Abraham, F. Murray Abraham, Laura Flynn Boyle, and Reese Efonts. Damn. Right? That's a good cast. Yep. Yeah. So, I'm putting that up against uh, a um, a movie called Arthur and Diana. Writer director Sarah Summa stars alongside her real life brother Robin Summa in this play- playful auto fictional road trip from Berlin to Paris. Siblings Arthur and Dana are en route from Berlin to Paris, and their late fathers run out with Diana with Diana's adorable two year old son in tow. Uh, blah 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 on the shared car, rusty childhood relic they also plan. So it's a road trip movie about siblings. Okay. Uh, so Mother Couch, which is also about siblings dealing with a mother and Arthur and Diana sibling road trip. Now, let me ask you this. Um, When you read the name of the director of was it Arthur and Diana? Yeah. uh, Do you read it in Howard Kramer's voice? I do, yeah. Yeah, Of course. course. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, it's interesting. I feel like there are a lot of uh, movies at this Toronto Film Festival that uh, can be described as like Three siblings get together when their parent blank. Uh, But, and so when you started reading that one, I was just like, damn, man, come on. And it's like refuses to move from a couch in a furniture store. And I was like, all right. Yeah. All right, I'll allow it. Um, I would probably say that one. Yeah, that's where I'm going. Just from the cast alone. Yeah. And I assume the mom is played by Ellen Burstyn, which would be very exciting. Yeah. Um... What I didn't say earlier is that, you know, these movies tend to play more than once at the festival. Yeah. So, like, I said that, like, The Dead Don't Hurt and Dick's the Musical yeah. was a Sophie's Choice. If things work out for me the way I want them to, I will actually be able to see both That's of cool. Um But, yeah, sometimes sometimes it's, it doesn't work out. Yeah. Uh, okay, next matchup. Um, let's see. This one is called Wicked Wicked Little Letters. It's started by Thea Chirac, who made um, a movie a few years ago called Me Before You with uh, Mary Clark. That's right. Um, So this is Olivia Coleman and Jesse Buckley. Wow. Like, 
There you go. I don't together, know how much more you have to say. Together again. Uh, play neighbors who get on each other's nerves in this dark comedy about a small English town where residents start receiving anonymous, expletive-laden letters igniting a scandal in their community. That sounds very fun. That sounds very good. Uh, putting that up against Quiz Lady, directed by Jessica Yu. Um, from, uh, from Oscar winner Jessica Yu, what do you think? What did she win her Oscar for? Short film. Well, I know she made that documentary in the realm of the senses. Or not in the realm of the senses. That's a very in the realms of the unreal. Yeah. yeah, in the realm of the senses, the Japanese are yeah. In the realms of the unreal. Maybe she won an Oscar for In the Realms of the Unreal? I don't know. But she's also directed, like, animated... Oh, maybe she won, like, Best Animated Feature? Sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe. From Oscar winner Jessica Yu comes a comedy starring Aquafina and Sandra Oh as two very different sisters who are forced to pay off their mother's gambling debts by concocting a scheme to go on a quiz show. So, again, you got siblings dealing with a parent. All right. And what was the first one called? Wicked Little Letters. And the next one? Quiz Lady. I think Break of Little Letters, yeah. partially because, and this is just me, I'm not a big fan of Aquafina. Um, although I haven't seen her in a dramatic role. But, well, yeah, that's but, the thing. Uh, like, comedically, uh, yeah. I, I don't like her very much. However, I'm always eager to see Olivia Coleman in a comedy. Um, I feel like, you know, because yeah. she won an Oscar, she's like respectable now. Um, and even though her performance in The Favorite is often very funny, um, I think that she's viewed as like, you know, a, a dramatic actress now. Okay, so Wicked Little Letters it is. Uh, moving on, and now we have a hard out. Uh, yeah. Because uh, you've got uh, physical therapy. Yeah. Uh, Ellen Curris directed a movie called Lee. Oscar winner Kate Winslet stars in this fascinating portrait of the great American photojournalist Lee Miller, whose singular talent and ferocious tenacity gave us some of the 20th century's most indelible images. Okay. So, biopic about Lee Miller, directed by Ellen Curris, the cinematographer who has worked with like Spike Lee and all kinds mm. of people. Um, and that's up against a movie that I'm very interested in uh, called Mambar Pierrette. It's from Belgium and Belgium slash Cameroon. Um, uh, so this narrative feature debut by established Cameroonian documentarian Rosina Mbakem, and she made a movie a couple of year ago, years ago called Prism, which is why she's uh, a documentary, which is why she's on this uh, list for me, uh, is a moving portrait of fortitude and care centered on a valiant seamstress and single mother in Douala. Uh, so Pierrette lives in Douala. She's a seamstress. Uh, yeah, I think you get it, right? Yeah. So, Lee or Mambar Pierrette? I feel shitty saying this because they both sound good. And I, I, I want to champion documentaries where I can. Is this, That's a documentary, right? No, neither one is a documentary. Oh, she made a documentary. That's right. She's, this is her first. She's first. a documentarian. This is her first, first non-documentary. Yeah. And that's interesting, too, to me, actually. Which, look, last year at TIFF... What ended up being my second favorite movie of the year yeah. was Saint Omer, which is yeah. also by a female documentarian yeah. with African roots making her first <laughs> feature. So maybe that's why Manbar Pierrette yeah. uh, leaped out, leapt out at me. Yeah, I mean it sounds interesting. At the same time, I can't think of the last time I saw Kate Winslet. I know. I mean, I know she's always working. I mean, I guess she was an Avatar, but yeah, you yeah. Know. Um, 
And there was Mayor of Easttown, which I didn't see. That's right, which I heard great things about. But yeah, like, I, I'd be interested in seeing uh, Lee, I think. Yeah. I'm trying to think what was the last thing I saw her in. I, there was that, now I can't remember what it was called. I mean, um, the, the the dressmaker was a long time yeah. ago now, right? No, before that, I mean, since then, there was um, the movie. It had a big cast, and it was also like adult children coming together because their mom, Susan Sarandon, is dying. Oh. What was that called? Oh, wow, I don't remember. That was called... Oh, wait, I did see Ammonite. That was the last thing I saw her in. Okay. But the one I'm talking about is called Blackbird, uh, directed by the late Roger Michelle. Oh, okay. And that, the cast is, is pretty crazy there. It's uh, Sam Neill, Susan Sarandon, Kate Winslet, Rain Wilson, oh, Lindsay wow. Duncan, and Mia Veshikovska. Now, this is not the Blackbird with that guy we love, Paul, T- Paul Walter Hauser. Uh Wait, did he's he like, make a movie called Blackbird? No, it's a miniseries oh. that he like has been winning a lot of stuff for. Oh, okay. Okay, so you're picking uh, uh, the Kate Winslet one. Yeah, Lee. Okay, so your next matchup. Uh, actor slash director Tony Goldwyn. This is not a directorial debut. He's made okay. numerous films before. Uh, has a movie called Ezra. Uh, Bobby Cannavale, Rose Byrne, and Robert De Niro star in this fabulously unpredictable ensemble dramedy from director Tony Goldwyn about parents struggling over how best to raise their child. So this is the other way around. Yeah. It's about parents and children. So that's Ezra, and that's up against the new Alexander Payne, The Holdovers. Paul Giamatti stars in Alexander Payne's latest about the bond that forms between a strict professor and a belligerent student he's stuck supervising over the winter holiday at an elite boarding school. Uh, that one. Yeah. I've seen the trailer for it. It looks like a fun throwback. Um, and it looks like... Yeah, it... It sounds like kind of old-school Alexander Payne, which I'm all in favor of. Um, and it looks like Paul Giamatti is having a lot of fun, which is good. I'll repeat what I said on the fall movie preview. It's just, I'm glad that Billions is ending and maybe we'll get Paul Giamatti back in movies. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen, have you seen Billions? No, I never watched it. I'm curious about it. Um, I mean, I like everyone involved. Um, but yeah, I, part of me feels like, part of me feels like, well, I've already seen Succession. I feel like that's enough. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I got nothing but time, so maybe I'll get to it. But, um, yeah, I did the math. I didn't see Jungle Cruise, so the last time I saw Paul Giamatti in a movie yeah. was uh, uh, Private Life, which was five years ago. Wow. Yeah. BP nominee, I believe, uh, for Best Actor for that. Oh, good. Good. Um, Glad to okay. hear it. Uh, okay. Next up. Uh, the new Tarsim Singh movie, Dear Jassy, which is, oh. with his first film set in India, Tarsim Singh returns to the big screen to tell, tell the shocking true life tale of a young couple, young couple desperate to be together. Uh, da, 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 kept apart, 90s, I don't know. Okay, so you get it. We can't, we got to get through this. Although I will say that many years ago, uh, our roommate uh, Cole, he and I talked about... Uh, that our goal in our uh, romantic relationships is to someday in an argument just say, I just want to be with you. Yeah. Um, and then uh, many years later, Jen and I were in an argument and I said that organically 
And then I started like smiling in the midst of this argument. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is unfortunate. Yeah. Because I do have a point to make, but I feel like it's just been undercut. Yeah. But I was really excited that uh, that I got to use that in real life. So that's Dear Jesse, and that's up against a new film, I guess, co-directed by Sean Levy and Stephen Knight called All the Light We Cannot See. Canadian Sean Levy brings Anthony Doerr's Pulitzer Prize-winning novel to the screen with an ensemble cast, including Mark Ruffalo and Hugh Laurie. Uh, August 1944, France. There's a blind girl hiding. Uh, she broadcasts radio stories. People hear them, including Nazi soldiers. Uh, wait. God damn it. What? Is this another TV thing? Oh. Fuck that. Nope, that's not... All right. Wait, that's what? Out of contention. Yeah, so now that is going to be up against... Uh, wait, what did I say? What was the first one I just did? Dear the, Jesse. Yeah. That's going to be up against Fallen Leaves, which is the new Aki Kurismaki movie. Two solitary people in Helsinki look for a way out of their loneliness in this warm-hearted, tragicomic triumph from Aki Kurismaki. His recent movies include La Havre and... Um, um, uh, what was the other one about the restaurant that was so funny? Uh, anyway, he's a deadpan yeah Scandinavian Finnish I think Finnish director yeah Helsinki Finnish director uh, beloved by um, uh, Jim Jarmusch oh okay that's why the one there's one uh, of the Night on Earth Night on Earth that takes yeah. place in Helsinki, Helsinki yeah. and he used like people from yeah the man without a past was more recent what was oh, the one that's I'm looking right. for what was the other one I saw that I liked oh the other set of hope I liked that um, okay. I'll so be honest, just on, just on the premise of either one, they're not that interesting to me, and I'm unfamiliar with them as, well, Tarsum's saying I know a little bit. Um, what's the name of the other one? Dear Jesse or Fallen Leaves? Fallen Leaves. Um, between the two, I mean, it's, kind of a coin flip for me I'd probably say Fallen Leaves that's where I'm leaning where I'm leaning okay next up Hot Ticket the new Miyazaki the boy and the heron oh boy I don't even know if I didn't tell you what it's about it's a new Miyazaki but already yeah. acclaimed as a masterpiece in Japan Hayao Miyazaki's new film begins as a simple story of loss and love and rises to be, become a staggering work of imagination uh, putting that up against the new Michel Franco movie which is uh, he's back to working in the English language, I guess. Uh, it's called Memory. Past, peasant, past, present, and future Clyde when Saul, Peter Sarsgaard, follows Sylvia, Jessica Chastain, home from their high school reunion in this touching and masterful film by director Michel Franco. So. That's, that's actually tough, but... I don't know. Jessica Chastain being in a movie is... I mean, I know she's talented, but she can't, she can't pick him. <laughs> so, and isn't that... I mean, isn't that crazy? Like, think about, like... Ten years ago, I mean, mm -hmm. she, you know, Take Shelter, Tree of Life, Zero Dark Thirty, like, she was so reliable, and yeah. she is as an actress, but, yeah, um, and I do love Peter Sarsgaard, but yeah. at the end, and I like the idea of, of like, different times kind of clash, um, um, kind of bashing together, but, uh, I mean, at the same time, like, it's Miyazaki, yeah. you know, and... Yeah. 
he basically retired after the wind rises and so like any movie that like brings a direct a director out of retirement is one that i yeah. think is uh, always worth watching especially when it's somebody like him so i'd say that one okay Next up, a film by a director named Dominic Savage. Oh, it's called Close to You. Um, Sam, Elliot Page, has a chance encounter with an old friend on his way home to a dreaded family reunion that forces him to confront long-buried memories. So I think I put this on because I think this is the first movie that Elliot Page has done since coming out. I know he did another series of... What's the show that he... Umbrella Academy? Is that him? Yeah. Yeah. I thought... Was there another movie? I think there was. Oh, maybe... uh, Now I don't remember. I just missed it. Uh, So that's close to you. uh, But that's up against... And I may have given away the game before we recorded by telling you how excited I was about this movie. Um, The uh, new uh, film by... Adam McGoyan. It's called Seven Veils. Uh, Adam McGoyan and his Chloe star Amanda Seyfried reunite for this naughty soccer... Naughty... K-N-O-T-T-Y. Okay. Naughty... Naughty? Psychodrama about a young theater director forced to re-examine her own trauma while working on a remount of Salome. Come on. That's awesome. That sounds great. Yeah, Seven Veils. For for some reason, it kind of feels like a black swan red shoes sure. kind of situation yeah. which which is intriguing and yeah. i like adam mcgoyan and amanda seyfried like you know she's someone who has just been making great choices yeah. and doing yeah. great work in the last few years yeah. i also think adam mcgoyan and naughty k-n-o-t-t-y psychodrama yeah. are kind of like it's a little bit redundant yeah yeah <laughs> that's exactly. kind of what he does um Friend of the show, it, Adam it, McGoin, yeah. by the way. It could just say, Adam McGoin made a film. Yeah. And you're like, oh, so it's a naughty psychodrama? Yeah. Got it. <laughs> uh, all right. I said we had to rush, and then I'm getting ahead. I'm so bummed that, like, that I wasn't here for the Adam McGoin episode, but, like, you know, there were some difficulties with, like, the birth mother's pregnancy, and so right, that's what it was. Jen and I had to, like, suddenly yeah. go down to Arizona. Um, yeah. But, yeah. And obviously everything turned out okay, but I am definitely bummed that I was not able to join you for that episode. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's see. Next up, uh, film directed by a man named Greg Quidar. Quidar. Mm-hmm. It's called Sing Sing. A theater troupe finds escape from the realities of incarceration through the creativity of putting on a play in this film based on a real-life rehabilitation program and featuring a cast that includes formerly incarcerated actors. Um, It also includes Coleman Domingo. He's the big name, but I think most of the rest of the cast are uh, ex-convicts. After, I mean, he's good in everything, but like after Zola, it's like, I'll watch him in anything. Yeah, you saw... um, uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Yeah, he's yeah. great in that. Great. Well, everyone's great in that, but yeah, he's he's just a very reliable actor. Uh, all right, so that's up against Taika Waititi's new film, Next Goal Wins. Michael Fassbender, Elizabeth Moss, and Oscar Keitley, I don't know, mm-hmm. star in Waititi's comedy about the American Samoa soccer team's attempt to make a World Cup 12 years after their infamous 31 to nothing loss in a 2002 <sighs> World Cup qualifying match. So this is... I saw this documentary 
yeah. when it came out. And okay. my first thought was like, well, someone's going to make that into a movie because yeah. it's the the story itself is like so charming. The people are so charming. It's yeah. so funny. Uh, so uh, yeah. So Sing Sing or Next Goal wins. I think Sing Sing. Um, actually. Yeah, me too. Um, Next Goal. I mean, it sounds interesting, but. At this point, like, you can't always tell with Taika Waititi. Like, I like Jojo Rabbit more than most of us, yeah, the I, friends we have. I did not like Jojo um, Rabbit. And I rewatched it, and I, and I still like it, but at the same time, like, I don't know, he his name is not synonymous with, like, I don't know, creative and novel, like you got in, like, What We Do in the Shadows and uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. And the first Thor, his first Thor movie, like his name doesn't mean what it used to for me. Yeah, um, though he is still a producer on Reservation Dogs, aka the best oh. show on TV. Oh, okay. So uh, he gets some credit for that. Uh, so yeah, I think we're on the same page about Sing Sing. That was yeah. my, that's where I was leaning. Okay, next up is this one is actually a very difficult choice for me, okay. and because I think the screening schedule is such that I won't, I will have to pick one. Oh boy. So, uh, the first new film in quite a while from Jonathan Glazer is The Zone oh, wow. of Interest. Jonathan, Jonathan Glazer won the Grand Prix at this year's Cannes for this horror about Auschwitz Commandant Rudolf Haas and his wife, who quite literally live amongst the ashes of their actions. Mm. Um, is it a narrative film? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that is going to be up against the new... Uh, Hirokazu Koreeda film Monster um, so uh, that is acclaimed Japanese author Hirokazu Koreeda returns to his homeland with a powerful yet delicate story of love and humanity uh, a moral tale about school bullying scored by the late Ryuichi Sakamoto so Koreeda I feel like he shines when it comes to movies about kids you know and families like yeah. like shoplifters and stuff like that Ryuichi Sakamoto R.I.P. One of the greats did the Merry Christmas to Lawrence score. Oh, that is a good score. And the Revenant score, which I didn't like the Revenant that much, but good music. Uh, So this is a very difficult choice for me uh, between the zone of interest and Monster. I don't know, man. I I love, like, I I very easily cite Under the Skin as one of the best movies of the 2010s. Um, Is that the last movie Glazer's made? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and that's... Nine nine years ago, um, I feel like I, I I'd say that one. Yeah, I think that's where I'm leaning. Yeah, but it's gonna suck not it's to. It's tough. I'll see Corey the Corriere movie eventually. I'm yeah. sure. Although I missed his last one completely, Broker. Oh yeah. I completely missed that. So I say I'll see it eventually, but who knows? Maybe I won't. Okay, David, quit John and get these <laughs> things. Okay. So next up, um, I guess we could record during my physical therapy. Or all you'll hear is me being like, "We're into the end." Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kim Tae Yang's Mimong. This is, uh, oh, I think the film stage either like, like said this looked interesting. That's why I put it on my list. The filmstage.com. Our friend uh, Jordan, we played there game uh, back during during the COVID, COVID oh, lockdown. Right. Uh, Kim Tae-yang's feature, feature debut, shot over four years, follows a man and a woman who meet by chance and stroll through Seoul's changing streets. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the 
hook hearers that we've shot over four years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's up against another actor directing. All right. Knox Goes Away. Michael Keaton directs and plays Knox, a hitman losing his memory, putting him in a race against time to help his estranged son, James Marsden, cover up a messy crime. So Mimang or Knox Goes Away? Mimang. Okay. Um, and I would say it's not close. Okay. Uh, um, I, I love Michael Keaton. I'd be fascinated to know what he does as a director, but that premise, um, it, I don't like it at all. Okay. Well, um, I thought we had one more. I was so that's but that's sorry to be anticlimactic, but that was the last one. I was going to oh, announce okay. it was the last one, but everything got thrown off by the expats yeah. thing for me, and um, and that other one with uh, the Sean uh, Levy one. Yeah, all the light we cannot see. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, full disclosure, I didn't have that one highlighted, so it didn't right. throw me off quite as much. But like, I, now I actually yeah. have to like decide what else. Uh, yeah. To see, um, instead of expats, and I still I don't know what. Yeah. It. I could see Shoshana, but I had planned on seeing that at a different time. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to. I'll have to mess with my. Uh, my schedule a little bit yeah but uh yeah thanks for helping me narrow some some stuff down um, no problem i'll uh You're gonna do what you want anyway but that's okay <laughs> no i mean like these these conversations do help uh yeah. i mean i i fucked this up we did this preview for sundance yeah. and you talked me into seeing talk to me oh yeah which i then didn't because i got lowered by the uh, 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 the promise of a ticket to a premiere at the Eccles oh. of a different, like a, a publicist was like, hey, we've got an extra premiere, extra ticket for yeah. the new Justin Sean. And I was like, ooh, a premiere like at the Eccles. I'll, I'll go see that instead of the press and screening of Talk to Me. I just picture you fanning yourself like, <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, <laughs> I didn't uh, know you cared. So, um, uh, yeah, so I missed Talk to Me at okay. Sundance, but I saw it at Comic-Con. So, okay. uh, all right. Well, that's it. You can find uh, the reviews of these, the, the movies. You'll, you'll be able to figure out which movies I see by which ones I review at BattleshipRetention.com. Check out my other podcast, The One Where I Met Your Mother, which I do with my wife, Natalie. We watched Friends and How I Met Your Mother. Uh, I'm on Letterboxd at David Bax. You can email me at Davey at BattleshipRetention.com. Uh, Twitter and Blue Sky at Davey Pretension. Uh, Tyler, you want want to give anything out? Give out any? Um, no, nothing, nothing really. I've been meaning to write another review sometime soon, but I, I'm not. Uh, you know, we don't like to review stuff like, you know, well after it's come out. So anything. Do, yeah. So I'm looking for like I'm keeping an eye out for like streaming premieres uh, mm. that uh, that fits with our brand yeah. <laughs> um, and that sort of thing. Sorry to put it in such uh, craven terms. That's but, okay. Uh, but yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll be looking for the opportunity to review something. But uh, in the meantime, nothing nothing really. Okay. Well, uh, thank you at home for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.